match week one in the books. Getting the season started off with a big City 3-0 victory, but not without a price to be paid. Kevin De Bruyne going to be out months. Arsenal, the major title threat, grabbed three points. Not all that convincing towards then. We'll expand on Arsenal and their Tricky Trees game at the Emirates. Elsewhere on Saturday, we have a Fulham win, not filled with controversy and missed goals by Sam's guy, Neil Maupai. Newcastle thrashing Villa. Saturday, obviously, Chelsea, Liverpool, massive match. Ending in a 1-1 draw, we will be covering all events from that. And to cap off the first match day, Manchester United with a 1-0 victory, but being outplayed by Wolves. We'll cover all that was match week one and more. This is the Premiership Rizzo Podcast. Manchester City is still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Hooks and the ball in behind Damian Bunny! It's 11! It's heaven for Jamie Bunny! You, 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 you are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! <laughs> Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Drama from day one! This is the league we want to watch! <sighs> oh yeah. We're back. Back in the saddle. Then. Back in the saddle once again. Match week one. Yes. In the books. What are you, a match day or match week kind of guy? Well, match day when it's able to be in one weekend, but when it's kind of spread out and it starts going all over the place and it's like mix and match, kind of like sometimes it would technically be a match from like match week 24 and then there's like on the same day it's like a replay from like match week eight. It's like, okay, well. I guess this is just the match week. <laughs> I don't know what we call this. It's a good question. It's the conundrum. There's no conundrum about the first game, Sam. Absolutely uh, not. I think we should briefly touch on it. I called 2-0. You called 3-0. We were one for one at one point. We were perfect at one point. Yes. Sam, let's get into this game. Yeah, City, early goal kind of just... Took the uh, took the wind out of the Burnley sails pretty yes. early there. Four minutes in, City scoring from a corner. De Bruyne crosses to Rodri, heads back to Holland for the opener. Yeah, it's it too was too easy. It was Man City domination early in this one. I mean, it was they have like ninety what like ninety five percent possession or something like obscene number inside yeah. the first ten fifteen minutes. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. Within the first 15 minutes, it was just all city there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burnley did kind of bounce back goal. for a little bit, though. They they did bounce back. They got some good ball movement. I was impressed. They had some good passes. The their turns. They had quick turns. They had nice link-up play. Yeah. And it kind of caught City out. 
City trying to build out from the back. Burnley didn't make it easy, but that was from about what, like the 15th minute to the 30th minute, and that was back to City just kind of yeah dominating. Yeah, I did like like the Burnley style play that they had cooking. I was like, okay, okay, I can mm-hmm. see why people are getting on board with this. Yeah, There's it's potential. Like, it's kind of like when Norwich used to hold the ball, except Burnley at least still has players or s- some half decent players. Mm-hmm. Whereas Norwich, when they were trying to do it, were were very bad. They had no players. But common That's... ground is that you have no idea who's going to score goals for this team. True. And that's that's my big hesitation here. Um, you know, Burnley had had a couple chances there. Um, Dooney had a chance uh, after a misplaced pass. Yeah, um, Dooney and then the Colosio. Um, who I didn't know was Italian until the game started. I'm yeah. just surprised they went with such a uh, inexperienced lineup. I thought Benson was uh, okay for a little bit when he came on later, but, I mean, the game was already done, so it didn't really matter. But, um, yeah, Burnley's attack, we figured that, at least we, we figured, everyone was putting Burnley in, you know, 12th, 13th place. It's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, and I think that their attack, you know, the quality isn't quite there, you know. Sure, you have Lyle Foster and you know a couple other guys, but I I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think that they'll be able to handle some of the poor teams fairly easily. But I did like what they had going with the press. They were forcing City into making some errors. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But so then uh, that was good. City, like we said, were able to kind of snap out of it. Yeah. Thirty-six minute Erling Holland. What are you gonna do? This guys, this guys, just do good. Yeah, Burnley just kind of getting switched off over on that flank. They had the 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 wing back kind of situation, and then the wide center back, um, and and they both got caught off guard. Like you said, great finish from Erling Holland. Of course, two already mm-hmm. on the but season. It, it's just a matter of if he stays healthy. Last year they managed him and they stayed healthy, and then. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. The other major note in the first half, Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne. Going out. Yes, as you touched in the intro, out for three to four months having surgery on the hammy. Yeah. Same injury he was dealing with towards the end of last season in the Champions League final. Yep. So, yeah, uh, you know, that's something we touched about, touched on about is De Bruyne. Just just in general, their depth is going to be tested this Mm -hmm. year way more than it was Last year, I felt like last year their defensive depth was tested, but midfield and attack was not tested nearly as much. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, if City really wanted to, they didn't have to test their depth that much. They even sent guys like Cancelo out on loan last year and stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, you, you think about it, it's Foden's going to have to be massive for them now, assuming they have to just plug him in kind of right away. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Pep doesn't do what you normally think he's going to do. And honestly, in this game, I was not really impressed with Man City's play. Their attack wasn't involved in the game that much. They had a lot of possession, no, but was, they weren't creating. I mean, they wasn't much really created it. like two chances and yeah. scored from them. Yeah, there wasn't many chance, or uh, They just didn't have much of an edge to their attack. Yeah, and that's something we also have previously mentioned with Gundawan leaving 
that switched to Kovacic. Different kind of players. He had some good passes. Yeah. You know, some long-range passes, and that's more of his style than... Yeah, he side-to-side passes, and sometimes he'll kind of hoof it long every once in a while and spray the ball around. But he's more of have the ball as feet, kind of dribble around, create some space for himself. Mm-hmm. He's not a uh, link between the uh, midfield and attack and kind of all-around Swiss Army knife like into one. Yeah. There was a bit of a lull in between the second goal and then halftime, a chance right before halftime for Burnley, but unable to convert. Goes into halftime 2-0. Second half, Burnley started pretty good, had some nice possession. I like that coming out of halftime, um, even though you're down 2-0. But then City just settle into their possession. They get that third goal 75 minutes in, securing the three points. This time from a set piece, Burnley failing to clear. Falls to Rodri, fires home for the 3-0 lead. That's how it finishes for yes. City. Cruising to victory. Easy as you like. Despite not having their best performance, still pretty comfortable win. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right. Any... Any final thoughts on that match? No, it's kind of just, if it went differently than what we would have thought, maybe, but we hit the nail right on the head, kind of figured how it would go. Yeah. It would be interesting to see Burnley's attack against the weaker sides because there's, I didn't learn anything from Burnley's defense or midfield in this one. I guess the only thing I would say about learning about what company wants to do is he's just going to go young. He's not going with any of the more experienced guys, really. And apparently Josh Brownhill rumored to Wolves, Everton and Leicester. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, my only takeaway is I was pleasantly surprised by Burnley's play. I didn't mm-hmm. quite expect them to play as well as they did. Yeah, three nil is not really a fair result for uh, how they hung in there. Yeah. Let's move on. Moving on, second game, first game on Saturday, the early game, Arsenal versus Forest. This one's starting off all Arsenal. Kind of took a little bit to get into the game, but Forrest were sitting back in that low block. Steve yeah. Cooper had them set up, parked the bus at the Emirates. But they did get that first chance of the game 20 minutes in. Brennan Johnson. Brennan Johnson, oh. just kind of that ball popping behind the Arsenal back line, and he really should have taken the chance. Better. Perfect perfect through ball. Runs in, sails it wide, one-on-one with the keep. I know what Sam always says. Sam always says you got to dribble the keep. That's what he says. Got to dribble the keep. Uh, after that, Arsenal continue with the possession. Get the first goal of the game. A little sauce from Martinelli with, yeah. the, with the roulette. Pretty pretty dirty goal. I wanted to load up on Arsenal guys to start the year for fantasy primarily, but you know you can only take so many of them. Good thing I got one that scored a goal and one that got an assist. Lord Eddie and Ketia getting on the end of that one. Then six min six minutes later, Saka hitting an absolute beauty. Yeah, that was just a blast. Unsavable for Mr. Matt Turner. The yeah, there is no revenge game in this one. But the the great assist by William Saliba for my fantasy team. And the great goal by Bakayo Saka for my fantasy team. This is the start we wanted. Hanks the true Arsenal fan here. Yes. Yes. Goes into halftime, 2-0. Arsenal looking pretty comfortable. Second half, Forrest decide to get a little frisky. 
Was it that or Arsenal just said, we'll hold the ball but do nothing with it and kind of just invite stuff on us? I think it was a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Yeah, Arsenal just kind of came out in the second half pretty flat. Yeah. Um, kind of lost concentration there. And then Forrest actually decided to start attacking and try and hit on the counter, which, you know, one might have argued that they should have been doing the whole game. Yes. Because this it, is why Forrest was so bad on the road last year. They need to stick true to their identity. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in just sitting back like that, like how they did in the first half. Mm-hmm. Especially after you go down a goal, it's like, okay, well, that... Now you have nothing to lose. That's completely out the window. So, yeah. Uh, but they did look much better, had some chances on the counter, had Arsenal on the ropes a little bit there. Yeah. Well, we'll never know now if Awani is uh, can do anything. In, well, I guess we have to wait and see if he can do anything midseason because all we know now is that he does well at the beginning and end of year. That is true. He just carries that form over from the summer. Um, yeah, great, great counterattack. It went down. It looked like they were potentially going to stop it, but they never did for the Kai Havertz head injury. And then yeah. Anthony Alonga, you called it. He's going to be a massive spark for this team. Huge run. Honestly, I didn't get the, think that pass was going to get through and then finds out why knee near post. Yeah. I was surprised that Alonga didn't start, but understand, you know, he's new to the team, so you got to yeah. work him in. But Were you surprised that Scott McKenna did start? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised any time that and guy Willie plays. And Willie Bully was in there. You know, it was a pretty rough back line. Yeah, it was. Again. Buy some Forrest. defenders, Forrest. <laughs> Buy some defenders, please. It's kind of hard to watch. Yes. Uh, so Forrest made it interesting, pulling it back to 2-1. to one. Some nervy moments towards the end, but Arsenal holds strong for the 2-1 victory. Get all three points. Not as easy as they would have liked it to be, especially no. after that first half. But... but you have to think about how much gel and flow there is to it uh, with Havertz and Rice being in there. Rice almost scored a couple times and mm-hmm. one or two kind of, you know, would have been kind of stinky goals. But the main thing for me, I should be able to change my pick now for who's going to be the signing of the year because Urian Timber is going to be out for a long time. Yeah, torn ACL. Yeah, brutal. It's going to be a massive part of Arsenal's team this year. And now the reliance on, I mean, just depth in general, you can't let – I mean, I don't think they're ever going to let Tierney go or Tomiyasu or even, like, you know, any of the center back options go. Still but sounds, now you can't. Still sounds like Tierney is probably going to leave if, if they get a permanent offer. Mm. So far, it's just been loan. Jeez. <clears throat> yeah, which is a little questionable, but you got... Given the fact Arsenal's, like, you got glass FC, they just keep... Everyone gets hurt all the time. It's yeah. very unfortunate. Zinchenko and Tomiyasu... I guess, as depth there, but two guys who have spent a good amount of time on the sidelines. Injured themselves. So if you just buy a bunch of injured guys, eventually it'll line up Newcastle style with Wilson and Isak, and they'll both balance each other out. Yes. One guy will be hurt, one guy will be playing. One guy gets hurt, the other guy's back healthy. Yes. All right, moving on to the next game, Bournemouth versus West Ham. First game in charge for Mr. Iraola. Areola. You say his name. Areola. Uh, that's West Ham's goalkeeper. Mr. Nipple. Uh, 
Iraola versus Areola. Yes. Yes. The Ola Derby. How dare Moyes just decide to drop Fabianski? Of all his guys <clears throat> he's going to drop, he drops Fabianski. Hurt my feelings. Tell yeah. you that much. Hurt Fabianski's feelings. I know that. Yeah. He's not happy. It was a pretty balanced first half. Um, of the major chances, you'd probably say Brooks had a good one. I thought West Ham were really lacking in that final third mm-hmm. initially. Relatively uneventful first half, but West Ham definitely started the stronger side, and then Bournemouth kind of ramped it up as the half went along, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I liked I liked what I saw out of Bournemouth. I don't think it was really that much different than what we've seen last season. Yeah. It was kind of the same approach, you know, maybe slightly more of the ball. Mm-hmm. But not a whole lot, and then it's not just like trying they're to still just holding possession to hold possession or anything like that. Yeah, I did like what, what I saw out of Brooks there, um, and yeah, West Ham. You know, doesn't inspire me much. No, and you really can sense, you know, their midfield wasn't that bad, but you also got a really good performance for some reason out of Tommy Sushek. Um that that was like kind of a throwback esque performance out of him. Uh, I thought Bournemouth really could have exposed the wide play a little more and a little earlier. That happened a couple times, not only in this game but in a couple other games where it's like your fullbacks are just way faster than the other team's fullbacks when you get in attacking position. You should just be running at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it went halftime nil nil. Second half Bournemouth, you know. Again, not using that speed, that advantage, but West Ham come out, and your boy, Jared Bowen, says, I'm back, baby. He's back. He's cooking. Great shot from distance. Yeah, that was a blast. Hopefully more to come from Jared Bowen this season. West Ham's going to need it. a little bit of a down year, but potential this year. Could be a bounce back year. Great shot there. Yeah, and I thought that, you know, Ariola had a huge save on Solanke, and Bournemouth really stepped up the attack. Mm-hmm. in this half and created a lot of chances so i think it ended up being a fine that was a you could generally probably say that bournemouth if one team had to win should have won but um them getting a draw is, is fair and we'll get to the goal here in a second but um i just thought bournemouth did a real good job cutting passing lanes quickly and transitioning but also west ham's passing going forward was it was like i'm just gonna throw it up nope it's already intercepted yeah um your boy Rothwell had one off the bar. Yep, that was a big chance there. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, going back to West Ham, they really couldn't counter in this. And, I mean, that goes along with some of the passing. But even just, like, one guy kind of breaks free and wins a foul, mm-hmm. and then you get a free kick, let the team kind of set up and transition. They really couldn't get much of that going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, getting to the goal there for Bournemouth, 82nd minute, Semenyo. Has a deflected pass off of Suchek, and it falls straight to Solanke, able to get around Ariola and tap in for the equalizer. Yeah, as much as Bournemouth deserved a goal, that was one lucky goal <laughs> from yeah. West Ham blunders. And then West Ham had a big chance afterwards as Paqueta shot from a rebound, hit off the post, and went out. So even on that um, regards, both teams hitting off the post. Which was hilarious. Danny Ings, like, falling into the ball to try and head it but it went like <laughs> off his like stomach yeah. and it rolled back to like Paqueta somehow and he blasted off the bar good good stuff yes 
Good stuff. Finishes 1-1 there. Good result for West Ham. Like the performance for Bournemouth. Don't mm-hmm. really care much for the performance for West Ham, but we'll see. Yeah, I definitely like where Bournemouth is going. Yes. As opposed to West Ham. Well, did you see West Ham offered £40 million for Dom Solanke this summer and Bournemouth turned it down? Those are some mad lads. Yeah, Bournemouth said, no, no, no. We are the big spenders. We're Hollywood, FC Hollywood out here. We don't we don't get bought by West Ham. <laughs> I'm surprised neither of like Sheffield or Burnley or Luton went after Kiefer Moore. Yeah. I think Could've it would have been it. a decent option. Yeah. Like a cheaper option. Bournemouth probably would maybe hold on to him and just say, why do we need it? We can have a specialty guy to bring in towards the end of the games that True. go on headers, but you never know. Also, big big news. Philip Billing is With no longer Phillip. Phil Bill. He's, he's, Phil. he's just Phil. Yeah. Dr. Phil. Yeah, we should call him the doctor now. The doctor. Last year's Phil Bill. This this year's meme will just be the doctor. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me sad that we can't call him Phil Bill anymore because that's... Is a, a legendary great, nickname. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, you got to, you know, smile because it happened. That's true. Or however that goes. Don't cry, Don't cry because, because it's, it's over. over. Smile, smile because it happened. Yeah. yeah. Now we have a new meme. It's called Dr. Phil. Dr. The doctor. Phil. The doctor will see you now. Imagine if he came in with like a partially shaved head and a mustache. Got rid of the beard. Yeah, go for the like fryer <laughs> bald on top. Yeah, he goes reverse Dr. Phil. Um. As far as West Ham goes, Paqueta still may be going. We don't know for sure. I think I'd I wouldn't so. rule it out if City, if for, City put in the offer. For I like 85 mil, how do you not sell him? He's not I, that good. I, I, I don't know. He's decent, we'll but it's just insane. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. People are, uh, they think that they're going to expose the market and try and get as much as they can, but I think... One of these times, a couple of these teams are really going to get burned when the player's uh, value kind of shoots down a bit when it's a little less crazy. I mean... You think it only goes up from here? You you would think that, but then you have guys like Sancho, Pepe... Caicedo. <laughs> potentially Caicedo. I mean, 115 <laughs> mil is insane. It, it feels like there's got to be a point where teams get scared off Pogba. Yeah. I mean, if you go down to Lukaku, Lukaku twice, <laughs> twice, twice. Two if you go more. down the list of like most expensive transfers, yeah, more of them are flops than, than successes. Any, yeah, yet teams are still going after your it. best bet. We talked about this on the last part. Your best bet is just to buy guys for like anywhere between like twenty and forty-five mil, and you just buy a bunch of them. Yeah, and you just let the chips fall where they may. Right. It's the case with Paqueta. West Ham bought him for like. 50 now they're about to flip them for like 80 or 90 that's crazy let's move on brighton hove albion in luton town nice to see luton in the premier league it's nice to get an orange team up besides i mean wolves is technically orange but it's not really it's like an orangish yellow a nice like reddish dark kind of orange Yes. I'm talking about. Like uh like Brighton's away. Yes. Exactly. Yes. It is a nice color that underutilized. Yeah, hundred percent. Um I don't know what to say other than this was like all Brighton and they could have <laughs> scored like five times in the yeah. first like twelve minutes. This 
if this was ever like the most welcome to the Premier League when you why didn't they make him play Brighton of all teams? They could have made him play like Fulham, and they still would have lost, but like yeah. it would have been at least a little better. It's funny just the thought of it's like, oh, you're playing Brighton. Like the idea is like, okay, not too bad. It could be worse. You could be playing Man City, but really, this is like the they worst. They got bounced. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and it could have been worse, like you said. Yeah, this it was is insane. Not a team you want to be playing right now. Brighton is like cooking on all cylinders. We we were very interested to see how Brighton would line up, and I was surprised that Milner was in there starting right off the bat. And Danny Welbeck. Yeah, they they, they had faith in Danny Welbeck. Glad to see that they actually decided to roll with Joao Pedro. Um, yeah, I did make note that I wanted to kind of focus on Dahoud and how that went, but this game was just so irrelevant that it, it's like this game is not going to be applicable to anything going forward for Brighton. So Yeah. Um it was just like, okay, Brighton is really good. But you know what? Good good for Luton getting a goal in this one. That is true. Yeah, Brighton were just dominant. Got the first goal thirty six minutes in. Um uh, Solly March gets on the end of a cross from Matoma. Solly March still cooking. Doctor dribbles to Solly March. Yes, sir. I mean, that's what do you want? Yeah. Uh, Luton had a good chance right after that from Carlton Morris. I was impressed by Carlton Morris because he seems yeah, like the kind of guy who can just, uh, you know, make something out of nothing. Yes. And he, he'll get like two chances a game. He'll touch the ball like three times, but he makes something happen each time he has it. Yeah. He's he's kind of got the Mitrovic style of like not fast by any means, but physical. Yes, and can, absolute uh, the opposite of finesse. Impose himself on the game, mm-hmm. rather than you know let the game come to him. Yes, uh, Danny Welbeck had a chance hit off the post, went into halftime one nil. Luton second half, um, you know, they were still kind of all over the place. The big thing I noticed from them is they just seemed a little unorganized. Yeah. I mean, part of that's just quality. Yeah. They they didn't really have a structure. They weren't necessarily sitting back. They were just kind of like hanging on. Who for is your favorite player on Luton besides Carlton Morris? Because I think mine's just going to be the Mod Sanderson guy right off the bat. Dollar store Jakob Anderson out here. Yeah, let me see. Let me You're, look through the lineup to refresh my memory. I figured you'd be a big Imponzu guy. No, I actually thought Imponzu was terrible. <laughs> That's why I said it. Um, Lockyer. Yeah, honestly. We're going up for Luton's defense out here because that's reasonable. You don't expect it to be. Yeah, all I, that I great. thought Anderson was decent. He was decent. I don't think anyone else really stuck out to me as being good. I know Imponzu stuck out to me as being pretty bad. bad. <laughs> he was bad. <laughs> um, yeah, second goal for Brighton is a penalty. Shaw uh, Pedro, who had an early miss early in the game, comes in, scores on his debut. Um, huge goal for him. Huge goal for my fantasy team. Huge, massive goal. I thought the penalty was soft. It was very soft, but he <laughs> scored it anyways. Unlucky Luton. Yes, Getting but it's those... okay. They get their own pen. That's true. Carlton That's true. Morris slots it, so they got that out of the way. They popped their cherry on that. You know, I was surprised. People, well, the co-commentator was saying that the handball call was harsh on Dunk. 
What were your thoughts on no, that? I thought it was pretty was, stone wall. It was pretty far out. He's turning away like this. Yeah. And his arm's like this. Right. And when you're listening to the podcast, you can't see how I look. <laughs> so go watch the clips. But his arm is perpendicular away. to his body. It's out. Yeah. It's out. And this whole natural position versus unnatural. I don't think there is a natural position when you're moving. I don't like think that. there are true rules to sports anymore. Somehow that's everything's true. a gray area, especially the Premier League. We'll get to a couple of them. That uh, is true. Mainly for Chelsea and Manchester United. Yeah, uh, Carlton Morris on the pen, almost kind of scuffed it a little bit. A little, but, but it, it worked. worked. Yes, it worked. A little Jorginho, little hop, skipping a step. Mm, boom! It seems like everyone does that now. Yeah. Uh, but Brighton got their third goal after a bad mistake from Impanzu. Leads to a goal for Adingra. Yeah, that was the young guy he talked about coming yeah. in that he'll get a little bit of time here and there. You feel like he's going to kind of steal the Undav spot in a sense for the attack. Yeah, I mean, coming in already as a sub and he makes his mark in the first game. I like that. He was good in the preseason as well, so definitely one to watch. And the young goat, Evan Ferguson. This guy's nuts. Man, you just send Brighton 100 mil right now. You might be able to get him. Yeah, exactly. Had a chance, hit off the post. Um, then another couple chances for Brighton. And then finally, the fourth goal just before the end of the match. The stupid not getting in behind rolls across to Ferguson for the tap-in. Easy win for yes. Brighton. Great start to the season. Good result, good performance. Luton, honestly, not that bad of a performance given your standards. Poor as all, but what can you do? They might be a little yeah. better than we thought, but we'll see. It's just the first game. Maybe they get defeated by the fact they lose their first three games, like four to one every game, but we'll see. I think there were some moments in the game where they just kind of, the game overwhelmed them at times. Yeah. And, you know, that's you probably You know what's also sucks game. for them, too, is just the fact that they're forced into playing all their ga- games away. away. Really? But you know what? Then they'll have the home atmosphere when they're rounding in the form, hopefully. True, true. So, Walking through is. the kitchen. Yes. Next match, Everton and Fulham, Sam. This was a match. This was a match, and I tell you what, when I said last year that people were sleeping on Burnt Leno... And I said, I don't know if Burnt Leno can repeat again. I'm going to have to apologize because Burnt Leno is once again cooking. He's cooking, man. Still good. Yeah, I don't know. what Arsenal could add three goalkeepers. They could add Raya, Leno, and Ramsdale. Who's scoring? You can't <laughs> concede with three goalies on the field. Let's go. Revolutionize the game. Yes. Neil Maupi. Chance within 30 seconds. Hey, that honestly it was probably one of the best chances he's taken and looked like half decent in two years. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know, he got a lot of flack this game, but he was popping up in good areas. Yeah. It's gotta be said. Yeah, normally he's like not even out there. Like it's he's like constantly turning the ball over and he's like just trying to shit house and stuff and it's like not good because he's just bad. But he was at yeah, he was at least in the right spots this game. Yep. Sam and I can no longer hate on Neil Mopai, unfortunately, because Everton fans are absolutely insane people who take things Toxic. way too far. Yes. Everton fans are the new Leeds fans. Yeah. I mean, maybe Leeds fans are just they're Leeds in- fans. Incredibly delusional. Yes. Ducore, Probably the worst fan base. Ducore also had a blown chance as he could have rolled it to James Gardner for a wide open tap. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, "How about I shoot this right at Burnt Leno's ankle?" Yeah. Yeah, it was. Good energy uh, for both sides to start the match. 
Everton had some great chances that they just weren't able to capitalize. I thought Fulham were like not playing full Marco Silva ball this go around. And part of it was Dice's setup with Everton and he had him moving around quick, had him in the right spots. It wasn't like Everton last year where they're like a whole second or second and a half late to move to where the ball's gonna go. They mm-hmm. could anticipate and stuff. Um Fulham just a little slow, not really what we saw last year with their kind of link up playing midfield and attack. Yeah. Uh, but the main event in the first half had to be the drop ball. Leno going up to claim a ball in the box, catches it, comes down on, a, was it Tarkovsky or Keen? Keen. Keen. Yeah. And he drops the ball. The whistle was blown mm-hmm. as he was like coming down with the ball and it spilled out. It was like all simultaneous. Ball falls, slot in by Everton. Uh, I think you're right. I think it was Tarkovsky that he came down on, and yes. then Keane and then Keane scored. put it in. Yeah. What did you think about that? It's one of those where I can't really hate either way, but it. I, I don't mean, think that's a foul. Yeah, it's really. I could see it either way, but with. I don't know. It's soft, to say the least. Yeah, I just think Tarkovsky is not even really moving towards Leno. He's just kind of standing yeah. there. And Leno just spills it. And he just spills it. You know, he goes for a tough catch and didn't get it. Yeah. He um, shouldn't just reward goalies for doing stuff like that. Yeah. So a tough break for Everton there as a big chance. Uh, Maupai had a chance before halftime as well, but couldn't convert. Yeah, Fulham, they had more possession, but it really just looked it, like Everton were the better team. Yeah, and yeah 100%. It, it really didn't even seem like Fulham were anywhere near close to scoring. Yeah, it was no Marco Silva ball that we saw last year. Yeah. So halftime, nil-nil. Second half, Fulham come out much better. Well, again, that's not saying much. <laughs> Raul Jimenez almost made me eat my words of saying he would score a goal. <laughs> I know. It's the post. If I was watching this one live, I would have let out a major gasp. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Fulham's width in the attack really should have been utilized more. I felt like I felt like Kenny Tete going forward, you know, last year at times was really solid and influential in that link-up play, and I felt like Everton's wide defense was not the best this game, and they really yeah. overcompensated, um, especially on the goal. But before that, you know, Everton, before the actual goal, Everton were really kind of getting back in the flow of this and really had some possession right before the goal, and then, you know, middle of the pitch opens up because Everton's so hard committed to where the ball is on that far side of the field. Fulham completed, what, two passes from midfield? Mm-hmm. And it completely opened up um, Everton as Wilson kind of cuts across inside, a little inside run, and then swings it over to Bobby D. Cordova-Reed at the far post, and the empty net taps it in, 1-0. Yeah, great ball in there. Uh, good chance for a second shortly after for Fulham. D. Cordova-Reed couldn't get... Finish right, and then a penalty shot as Mitrovic shot hits off Tarkovsky's elbow. Not given. Seemed like really could have been. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised that they didn't give it. But. I was just surprised Mitrovic was out there because he said he would never play for Fulham again, and he's a man of his word. Yeah, that's true. Does sound like he's gonna go to Saudi still, but good for Fulham. Good for Mitrovic. Go get paid. Yeah. You've proved what you are. It's not like you're going to do any better than you did. It's only downhill from here. Yeah. Big save from Leno, 85 minutes in, and then a chance for Tarkovsky, but the header goes 
just wide finishes, 1-0, Fulham pick up three points. I mean, a good win for them, I'd well, say. Yeah, a good win for Fulham. Not the best of performances, but not bad. You really just kind of worked your way in the game, it happens. Good performance by Everton, I thought. Yeah. Um, it kind of faded towards the end and then picked up at the very end again. But um, we talked about Everton's attack, and we had him in like that D range for grades, A, B, C, D. We had him in D, but we were talking ourselves kind of into it. It's like maybe they're D+. Plus. You know, they do have a little bit going forward. I think if, you know, Calvert-Lewin's in there, they probably grab one. He's just a little better than Mopai, and that's what it is. But yeah. um, he's supposed to play this week, I think I saw. But mm. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's only a spot. Like, they sub him in with 20 minutes left or something. We'll see. And Everton announcing the signing of Jack Harrison. Good move. That's a good signing there. Yeah. And they're apparently closing in on Willy Yanto as well. So kind of they're going to have some attack options, although Harrison really is a balanced player that could be – he's attack-minded, but he can also kind of slot as just a, a mid-midfielder. Wide midfielder. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Let's move on to the ultimate game of the week, Crystal Palace and Sheffield United. This had actually my favorite moment of the week. Well, Roy Hodgson makes a lot of amazing things happen. He's he's so goaded, dude. Um. Game really starts off not much flowed. The ball is really just pinging back and forth in the midfield. People hoofing up field, yeah. head her back to their team. Hoof it up field, head her back to their team. Um, Palace looked a little better as the half went on. Uh, main kind of thing of the first half was a goal that was disallowed as IU was offside. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that caught your eye in this half, Sam? Uh, that Osula guy had a had an early chance. He looked decent in this game. Yeah. I th- think he was Sheffield United's best player. Palace, I thought, looked decent after a little bit of a shaky start there. Like you said, though, that ball just pinging around, and that was kind of like the whole match. No one really yeah. established control for you know long periods of time. Yeah, Palace what do you expect good, when but... Sheffield's out here starting Ben Osborne? That's like a FIFA... 12 like wonder kid <laughs> that didn't pan out i don't know what what he's doing out here relying they have a lot of they kind of remind me of a worse version of brentford yeah in a way where it's like the midfield's not that bad but it's not even as good as brentford the defense isn't like that bad but it's not that great it's just the, and then there's just the attack the attack it's is like yeah without bad. tony and the team for brentford it's same same kind of deal with sheffield but they're overall worse i think osula could be good potentially after watching this game but i think there's just not enough like supporting pieces to even help him get into those spaces i don't know how many shots they had this in this game but i think they probably had like one on target and it was from like outside the box they had eight shots and one was on target okay so there we go i don't remember palace having eight shots on target that's all i'll say yeah, I feel 24 like... 24 shots sounds right, but eight on target does not sound right. I feel like they had a good number that were pretty easily saved. Okay, yeah, say that to Wes Fodderingham. He did have say a very nice save. He had one or two, yeah. On Anderson. Nope. Um, halftime, nil-nil. Second half opens up. Sam's guy, Ayu, cooking <laughs> on the wing. Some techers, some sauce. I was surprised, not that Edward got on it, but it wasn't even like that great of a ball hmm, i thought it was honestly. pretty good you thought it was good it was kind of low but it was a little off the ground i don't know i 
I felt like Sheffield could have cleared it, is what I'm saying. They could have, I think, but that had me thinking. Like, I wish more teams would just do that. No one, no one really Expects plays it. that kind of ball anymore. Yeah, and it's just like you should. Not to mention, Sam is once again vindicated, as he said. I would just roll with Edward. True, especially it looked like they were trying to play that style more, where you just get to the edge of the 18 yard box and you know whip Swing across it in, in yeah. for him. And it's like, yeah. That's probably Woy in uh, training. He's just like, oh, just go on, yeah. Go in there and give it, give it a go, yeah. Just whip it in there, yeah. Because I've been thinking, like, man, what role does a striker even play in the Premier League anymore? You have to be so balanced that you're not even being a striker. Yeah. It's like there isn't really There's true not number a nine. nines anymore. Yes. But watching this this goal it made me think that it's still possible if you just kind of play it the old school way get it into dangerous areas and then cross it in and then just let your nine cook and you know take advantage of the the weak center backs yeah this game made me feel good about palace even though sheffield didn't play that well for palace to for sure win this game pretty comfortably felt nice yeah it was a good start Um, uh Best moment of the match and possibly of the match week, 64 minutes in. Roy Hodgson gets a little grabby boot to the shin, and then he just manhandles low. Yeah, he wasn't having it. He was not happy. The man is a true Chad. He's still got it. He's got that fire in him. Absolutely. Absolutely hilarious. If you didn't see that, go go find it. it. It's worth it. It's worth the time. Uh, Edward had another chance where he scored. This time he was offside. Kind of the same, same, same play. This yeah, time. very similar. Mitchell with a low cross, and I like that option there. I, and I think that seems to be most effective for Edward too. Otherwise, he can just kind of get lost in. Yes, he's not doing anything out there. He's kind of got to be at the the leading edge there, rather than kind of a link of play kind of guy. Uh. Asula had another chance on the counter. His first time shot went just wide, and then great save from Wes Fodringham. Yes, on Joachim Anderson to keep it from going two nil. That one finishes one nil. Comfortable win for Crystal Palace. Sheffield United. A lot of work to do. I feel I fear for them. I do fear for them as well. Their attack is just toothless. Dreadful. Let's move on to a team that has attack. Oh, and I've one thing Go I noticed ahead. too, they committed so many fouls in that yes. game. Yes. It was insane. They're they're like Stoke ball out here. It's like defense, no, we just foul people to stop the ball. Let's move on. Newcastle and Villa. It was It was a wild one. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw this one coming. Just the thrashing. Um game started off. Relatively balanced, but Newcastle was hopping, to say the least. They had it going. And then, was it like a ball that was swung in, right, for Tonali? It kind of just yeah, fell. cross from Gordon. Yeah, it kind of just fell for him in the right spot. Um, Tonali getting off the mark. And I saw all these all these Syria, you know, people that like to think that their league's so much better than the Premier League. People saying it's like dropping a 
you know, pure low, like prime pure low on like a mm-hmm. good team. It's like, shut up. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. He's a very nice player, and this is a very nice league. Yes. Uh, Tonali, not expect, not where you expect him to be. Pops up, gets the goal. Shows Newcastle how much he loves him after all the videos of him looking sad, like a sad man. But Villa respond right away. It's the new signing. Another guy Sam said would be Villa's player of the year, Musa Diaby, off the corner. I think it was off a corner and then Watkins like yeah, flicked it on. on yeah, yep. From Dinier. Yeah, that was a blast too by Diaby. Yeah, that was a great finish there. Diaby, a threat on the counterattack for Villa in this one. I couldn't believe that Digne was starting. That was a yeah, that, disaster. That was bad. That he'll probably be like tucked away for until he's sold in January. Because that's yeah. What's the point of him not not being on the bench? Get him out. Yeah, get him out. Didn't take long for Newcastle to regain the lead this time from a set piece. Tanali puts in a ball. For Sven Botman, passes across goal for Isak. Isak. Very nice play there from Newcastle. Good response to that equalizer from Villa. Yeah. Big stoppage. Tyrone Mings. Brutal. Stretchered off. Serious terrible, injury. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, looks like he'll be out for a while. I haven't heard I haven't what the seen any updates on, on what is. What, it was definitely, obviously, lower body, so knee or hamstring or yeah, some kind of. I think it was a knee yeah. Not sure if it was ACL or what, but it did not look good. No, now forced into playing Pau Torres right away. Didn't look all that bad. The rest of the first yeah. half was actually pretty balanced, pretty kind of feeling feeling it out, really. Yeah, it definitely lost the momentum after the big stoppage. Mm-hmm. That's a that's one thing we should probably talk about too. What were your thoughts on the uh the whole stoppage time? I hate it. Yeah, it's a it's, lot. Uh, all right, we're like, okay, not to mention 11 minutes in the first half. Let's not, and part of that was the injury, but yeah. normally it would have been like six minutes, right? not 11. And in these teams, it doesn't matter that you had 11 because they're just coasting to the end of half anyways. Yes, exactly. It's just a waste of time. Um, And what they're doing this, why? Because Newcastle wastes time, so now every game has to have obscene amount of added time? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense because one team does it, ruins it for everyone. Okay. Right. Rather than just implementing things. Stricter rules. rules that are already in place. Yeah. Maybe handing out more yellow cards. Right. Maybe even dare show a red card if someone's on a yellow and time wasting. <laughs> Which would be obscene, I found but it still. Funny. They gave out a couple yellow cards this week for like minor little things where a guy would like Trent, Trent roll, Alexander. roll a ball <laughs> like slightly further out of bounds. And they're like, oh my God, yellow card. How could you waste all yeah. this time? Yeah. It's like, okay, I think we've gone a little too far McAllister here. McAllister getting like a normal foul holds up a yellow, like the guy should get carded and he gets carded for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that happened in this game too. I think uh, Bruno. Yeah, Gimarish. Got one. For doing With, that. By the way, the honeycomb hair. Oh, I, I was hair thinking was... Bloomin' Onion. Bloomin' Onion. I like that, too. <laughs> There's the, We got three. We could call them the Bloomin' Onion. I was wondering how you exactly get that style going. You put like you net. cut little circles uh, in the paper, and then you just uh, yeah, yeah. spray paint that. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting yes. look. 
It absolutely is. Uh, so halftime, uh, two one. Second half, Newcastle come out and the onslaught begins. First one is Isak, and it was just like eventually Villa went for it, and by went for it, I mean they just got their line so high up the field, and Newcastle's like, we are going to counter you into oblivion, yeah. and they're like, all right. Consos back there. Let's cook. Let's cook. <laughs> <laughs> Big hold mistake. Up, hold up. Let me cook. Through balls galore. Harvey yeah. Barnes brought on, and the cooking really, really ensued. Calum mm. Wilson gets one on the assist from Harvey Barnes. Uh, Harvey Barnes gets a fifth in the 91st minute on the assist from Jacob Murphy. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad Barnes. it helps my uh, prediction. It does. We cut off what happens prediction-wise after the match week one, so we're correct. Exactly, exactly. We're not correct about zero. We're yes. correct on all. Yeah, absolute thrashing from Newcastle. Tough one for Villa. They lose Tyrone Mings. And it's a brutal loss. And but it's a big loss. Is what I mean, is. hardest place to go. If you really have league. to, they'll probably loan someone in, but you still have like Callum Chambers and stuff as like, ultimate reserve maybe you just promote a youth guy into calm chambers spot and they still have you know diego carlos yeah they got they got depth they got pretty good depth so uh i'm not too worried about villa it happens you get smacked once in a while especially when you're playing that style against newcastle at st james st james right now i'm telling you people are really sleeping on newcastle this year with the whole putting them just penciling them into sixth and seventh like yeah. no matter what Oh, they'll be in the Champions League, so I don't I don't think they're gonna be well. Deep squad, man. Deep, Deep squad, squad. Hardest place to go play. Yeah. Not to mention their play style, how physical and fast they are. Yeah. Gives a lot of teams oh. a tough time. Oh. Brutal. Especially if, if Isak and Wilson can stay healthy. Yes. Absolutely. Um let's go on the Sunday games. Brentford and Tottenham. Yeah, we got to give a shout out Tottenham actually having a good away kit. Yeah. That's like a class kit. Too. That's actually one it's of the very best nice. kits in the league. Yeah, it's very nice. Dark blue, low gray trim, a little light blue. It looks fantastic. Not like black, purple, and neon green, and it's like a paint splatter. splatter. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> Just I... make a normal <laughs> kit, would you? And then, then the year you do it is the year you sell cane. <laughs> Some people, well, you can just sell. Everyone needs, yeah, but that's the thing. Everyone had their cane kit. True. Now everyone needs their Madison kit. kit. Yeah. That's what they need. That's so. true. They, uh, they need their old doggy. <laughs> I love that guy. Old doggy. Yes. The Aussie. Goat name. Udogi. Udogi. He might be not very good, but he's Udogi. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Spurs kind of have a vibe. You know, the Aussie manager, and then you got Udogi from, uh, where is it? He was on Udinese last year. Yeah, he was on loan. Um, the only thing that's not a vibe about him is Richie Richarlison. That is true. That's like the anti-vibe. That, like... Ruins well, here. he was like non-existent, but in so this is game, Romero. So, well, they were trying to play him through, very reminiscent, like we said, uh, how he's playing kind of more with like Watford in terms of just getting him in space and use his speed more so than Everton. But uh, Tottenham started off well. People got a little ahead of themselves, acting like it was going to be, you know, they're going to be world beaters and stuff. But that's how they're playing this preseason. I was watching. I was like, you know what? It's a respectable play style. Yeah, definitely going. 
the kind of Man City arsenal where you push the fullbacks up and just become like additional midfielders. And you're just the link-up play. You're relying on link-up play to move the ball forward. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's actual football, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's not football terrorism. Yeah. It it was Cut. it was actually kind of refreshing to watch the Spurs side, and it's like they got some new guys in, they got a new manager. It's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Rather than this like Conte depression ball, <laughs> everyone hates their life. Kane is like being held hostage. Yeah. It's like okay, and, we and got... you grind out a win. Some of that team would have beat Brentford, but yeah. this team that plays a normal style is uh, not going to be Brentford. Uh, first goal comes from Madison, who. Free kick specialist that ball. drops a absolute dime, whips it in. What was the speed on that? I don't know. It got Romero concussed. Exactly. That's he had it, to go off. Yeah, it, that's how crazy it was. Um, so they're already up one nil, and then right after that, probably like five ten minutes after that, Brentford really kind of start to get more in the game. Um, this is what kind of worries me a bit about Tottenham is portions of the midfield are. Not the best, especially when teams start to go wide. Um, I thought Basuma was pretty decent in this. You know what I will say? Your guy's son was uh, non, non-existent. Ollie Skip in this system does yeah. not work. No. They were like pushing him up into being almost like a like 8 slash 10. Yeah, and he's a 6. He's a hard 6. Yeah, he's, he's a Conte <laughs> depression ball kind of player. He he's, should be at Sheffield. Yeah, he should be at Sheffield. He's not really cut out. Live Ollie Norwood for this team. Um, yeah, Brentford kind of really got it rolling, and then people were complaining about this call to draw on the pen. I mean, Sun makes contact. Soft though. Soft. Yeah, my thought, and, and I think it kills Tottenham fans more because. There's a whole sequence of play that happened, and then they went back to it, and that's yeah. got to be like, oh, really? We're going to check this, and then there's the slightest contact, and it's like, oh shit, are they actually going to call this? Yeah, it did seem really soft, but it didn't seem like the players were really complaining all that much. No. So, I mean, if they're not complaining, then you know. What can you say? Sun's out here costing his team goals. He's worth minus one goal. Exactly. Brian Abumo steps up for my fantasy team and does what he needs to and scores. I think it's got to be mentioned. You didn't captain Holland. I know this guy. I was nuts. so I was so set for Arsenal to win the first game like four nil. Yeah, and Odegaard did nothing. I had uh, Saka vice captain too, so in case Odegaard got subbed off or something, mm-hmm. unlucky. Um, yeah. So it's one one, and then Sam, your guy. Wisaha response. Let him cook. I was surprised that Shada didn't start. I was too. And then I thought about it. I was like, I think Thomas Frank is just going to, he's just going to go with what gets him wins. He keeps it simple. That's what he does. He's like, you know what? If the young guys aren't ready, I'm not going to force it. I can't argue with that. He's like, I got to get wins when when we got daylight, you know? Yeah. Get wins, get ahead of the curb. Shada came on. Damsgaard came on. Even the guy Poo Poo Baptiste came on. Yeah, that guy. I don't know. <laughs> what's he got on Tommy Frank? He must have his nudes. Pretty much. Um, goes into, oh, no, the Royale one was on the other side of halftime, which was all of the very weird goal. 
a very weird goal because play like slowed down because it looked like there was a foul. And then it just like falls to Emerson Royale and he rips it in to make it 2 2. Yeah, I think Madison would have got the foul call. Yes, he would have, 100%. But Royale with cheese. Comes he put in. the cheese on it. Royale with cheese. That was a nice goal. It's it was. Said. I feel like he does pretty well in this system because it's like he doesn't have to defend as much. Yeah, whoever doesn't have to defend. That's why you have guys like uh, Mickey Vandeven out there, even though he almost had an own goal, but it's credited to Visa anyways. Or Visa. Visa. He had some good moments. He had some moments where he looked a little lost. Mismatch. At but... times where he's like adjusting to the kind of hectic pace yeah. that the league can The have. team, the league, every, everything. Yeah. But I think that was kind of Spurs in general. Yeah. It's a pretty young team now, and they got to figure out the system and how exactly they work with one another. Yeah. But I think there's uh, some positive hope. outlook. <laughs> hope. That's yes. all Tottenham fans have Something that they haven't had for In our a eyes, quick second. We're not Tottenham fans, but I tell you what, Sam, when Tottenham are okay to watch, that's all right with me. Yeah. Not, not what they had last year. That was terrible. The past few years, even. Yeah. It's just been, oof. No Nuno ball, no Conte ball. Yeah, none of that. No disgusting ball. Feels like the Great Depression of Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. Dark, dark times. <laughs> uh, yeah, they had freaking like 11 minutes of added time in the first half on this one, too. Yep. Because Romero. Yeah. That was a weird substitution. He should have just been, he was celebrating. He's like literally falling over. He couldn't stand. He had a concussion like instantly. <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm good. And it's like, like, no, you're no. not. You need to get off the field. <laughs> Taylor Twelman or is it, is it Taylor Twelman or who's the, who freaks out about concussions? That's Taylor Twelman. Okay. I didn't yeah. know if it was him or Stu Holden. They're the same person to me. Yeah, pretty much. But they, he would have been in a tizzy if he, yeah. if they kept him in the game. Because Taylor Twelman, he, had to end his career because because of a head injury yes yeah. that's correct uh it goes into halftime 2-2 second half was not very no. interesting no slow N- nothing down. really happened that was the theme of the sunday games yeah it was just like spurs had possession but then didn't know what to do with it um zanka nearly mm-hmm. scored yeah towards the end but finishes 2-2 fair result i would say yeah, it's a uh, it's fair result. Decent performance by Brentford. Um, not typically the way you'll expect them to score goals and attack, and they didn't get the anything really as far as set pieces and fouls and whatnot. So that's what it is. Tottenham, we knew that style of play was going to be coming if you watched them in the preseason. I thought they executed pretty well. There's just going to be kinks with defense in the midfield that they have to iron out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, moving on. Moving on. The Civil War, the Reds versus the Blues. <laughs> Somehow didn't end. Uh, uh, yeah, didn't end nil, goal. Nil. But we said, I, I got this one right because I said it's either 1-1 or nil-nil. Yeah. And you said nil-nil. So I said, okay, I'll go 1-1. Well, it had to be a draw. We knew that. Yes, this was bound to happen. For certain. Um, Chelsea and Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool just absolutely dominant in the first 20. Yeah. Kind of doing what they had to do doing what they wanted to do. I was surprised by Liverpool's lineup. Um, it was so attack-heavy. It was honestly insane. Cody Gakpo in center midfield. Yeah, that was. That was pretty wild. 
Their right. six was McAllister, and that's like, I mean, I guess yeah. he's not going to win the ball that much. He's, but a midfield of uh, Sabozalai, McAllister, and Gakpo, and then front three of Diaz, Sala, and Sala Jota, and Jota. You have and like five strikers out there. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like a FIFA lineup. Yeah, FIFA Ultimate Team. Um, and that resulted in Chelsea going to a back three like right before the match. And I think it was a great call by Pochettino to just say, hey, pack the midfield. Over time, we're just going to wear them down because we can put in the defensive shift that they're not going to be able to. Yeah. You could really tell because after about 20 minutes, obviously Liverpool get their goal the 18th minute. Um, created a couple chances before Salah hitting the crossbar. And then Salah with an absolute dime to Luis Diaz. People complain about DeSassi on that one. I think that's just a great pass. Perfect I, I pass. It, it had to be in one spot, and it was right in that window. And Luis Diaz, after a great preseason, continues his form. But after about 25 minutes or so, Chelsea kind of really got back in the game. I think it coincided with uh, Gallagher actually kind of playing a lot better, getting more involved. Early on was kind of turning the ball over, not playing so hot, and then kind of flipped that on its head. And then I want to say... I don't know what minute the disallowed goal was. 29 minutes. 29 minutes. Liverpool had one or two more kind of stretches where they started playing better, and then they had the disallowed goal mm-hmm. by mere inches. Yeah, very close. Yeah, like you said, Liverpool started to play more on the counter. Mm-hmm. Chelsea establishing possession. They get the goal 37 minutes in. Equalizer. Shortly after corner, Chilwell heads up to Diasi, puts his shot past Allison. Yes. The unexpected goal scorer for the Chelsea. The Axel DeSassi goal. We all had it on our bingo card. <laughs> the debut goal. Yes. Um, And then immediately Chelsea respond within the next three minutes. Ben Chilwell scores, but is offside after the through ball by Enzo Fernandez. Yeah. I felt like that was a big tipping point there for Chelsea too. They, I feel like mm-hmm. if they scored that one, they could have really... Ran away with it. The game. Yeah. But same thing with Salah and Liverpool. I feel like that's 2 0. Liverpool run away with it. 100%. There's no way Chelsea come back. Um, I thought Liverpool, it was weird because I saw a a bunch of mixed reactions and I didn't know what to make of it. So I'll just kind of give my take on it. I thought McAllister was fine. He was out of position. So it's not always his strength, but I thought he did a fine job adapting. You can't do that long term with him as a six. He just doesn't win the ball enough. Yeah. Um. He should just be an eight. Sabojalai so in that eight slash ten role, I thought he did real well, yeah, especially like in the that. first half. I think he'll be fantastic for them. Um. But yeah, just way too attack heavy because then Chelsea is just able to walk through the midfield, mm-hmm. and then you're just running right at Konate and Van Dyke, who Van Dyke, by the way, playing fantastic again. Uh, in this one, we'll see if he can, if this is actually going to stay and he's back to old form or what what's going on but uh is there anything that stood out to you on on the chelsea side i know a lot of people are somehow just discovering enzo fernandez it's like everyone refused to watch chelsea at the end of last year and realized that he was not playing the right spot and didn't have much help and then you put a half decent team around him and he can kind of do some stuff yeah i was just overall surprised by well one how they got into the game even after the goal Mm-hmm. You know, how they established possession. I thought that was pretty impressive. I didn't quite expect that confidence in a way, you know, to play yeah. 
play the way that they were playing. I liked, uh, I liked Nico Jackson. Yeah, he he's really direct and kind of what they need. That was the thing with, um, like Mount and Havertz and stuff. A bit more passive and kind of willing to spread the ball and stuff. But Chelsea really needs some people to take the initiative and kind of run at teams, and that's what yeah. and Cuckoo and Jackson can do. Um, Sterling not not a good game. Wasn't as bad as we've seen him be, but still not a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the biggest chances of the second half. There's three that stand out in my mind. Chilwell, I don't know, was that 50 or 60 minutes? The ball falls to him. He takes a horrible first touch, kind of lets him down, shoots it, gets saved by Allison. The other one was towards the end when Darwizi Habibi almost had a goal <laughs> deflected in. Yep. And then the very last one where Nicholas Jackson is just sprinting straight ahead, just straight ahead, mm-hmm. lays it off for Mudrick. Mudrick shot right at Allison, gets it back, lays it off in the middle for Matson, who like tipped over when he went to shoot. Yeah. But other than that, second half, pretty boring, not much going on. It was pretty boring. There wasn't there wasn't much. It was kind of Chelsea feeling Liverpool out, but it really I was surprised that like I mean, I get that Salah is a competitor and doesn't want to come off, but like that game was going nowhere, and they weren't getting him the ball, and he was like not anywhere to be found. So him to like get upset, I, don't know, I thought that I, was a really I, weird thing. I I don't know. I kind of understand. Maybe thought... it's just part of frustration of not him getting subbed off, but frustration with the whole how it went. I thought those subs game. were really weird. I mean, bringing on like Curtis Jones and. And, Let's be real. Curtis Jones Doak. probably should have started the game, and then you bring on Gakpo late or something if you're going for a winner. But because that, that there's just not enough balance to that midfield. But yeah, the Doak, the Doak one's weird because it's like you're bringing on this attacker now. Yeah, when you're looking for a goal, and you take off Salah, I just I don't. I'd rather have Salah who hasn't been in it than Ben Doak. But what yeah. do I know? Um. Yeah, and then Harvey Elliott coming on. I don't know. I don't mind it that. Weird... I just think, like, you know, Salah is probably the best guy at just getting a goal out of nowhere. Yeah. No, that's fair. So I, would, I would have said, like, a guy like, like Gakpo would probably be the first one off. Finish. Or, or Jota, which. Yeah, Jota would probably be the first the one. He time. didn't. He was not doing much this game. Yeah. Uh Finishes 1-1. Pretty, if you're looking at the first half, pretty eventful game. Uh, second half was kind of eh, but. Yeah, I think next game I would just start Gakpo instead of Jota. Yeah, I probably would too. And then just, if you want to go with Curtis Jones or if you want to go with the suicide midfield, I was surprised go with Harvey Elliott. <laughs> I know it's kind of tough to do this, but I don't know. Maybe you start. Darwizi Habibi, given the fact that he was so hot in uh, preseason, but they like him off the bench, so we'll see. He's definitely a different kind of player than what they got going right now. Yeah, Diaz, uh, Sala, and and Jota—they can all kind of be similar play style, but yeah, Habibi, you know, Darwizi Habibi, he's a little chaos. Not to mention, he undid the man bun mid-game and went ponytail. Pony, yeah. What was it, that? Let it fly. Chelsea didn't know that was an option. That's why they <laughs> let the goal almost go in. Exactly. Let's go to just a despicable game. Oh, we didn't even talk about one last thing, the handball on Chelsea mm-hmm. that wasn't called. 
this is just more of the rules don't apply and everything's a gray area now. The Nicholas Jackson one. Yeah. I mean, what... It They're saying <laughs> it's because his elbow was tucked in, so it was an effort to keep his arm in. Yeah. But his hand is out from his body. Right. He's like doing T-Rex arms. Yes, exactly. And it hits his hand. It. I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was a strange one, too. And then we'll get to the ultimate strange one here. Man, you and Wolves... The most fraudulent game of the match week. Manu's passing was really, really, really bad this game, Sam. They could not thread a pass. And I found myself asking where a couple people were throughout the game. Did you did you experience this too? With like Mount and at times like Garnacho and yeah. Anthony and stuff is like where's is it they're in attack I don't know where these guys are at Well exactly I mean you got some guys who can just disappear like you said Mount Anthony Garnacho those guys disappear and then you're left with you know Bruno Fernandes and Casemiro It was all Bruno this game and he wasn't really on it to be honest mm-hmm. He wasn't really on it um he obviously you know, had a huge play kind of in the assist to kind of set it up, but or in, not in the assist in the uh, build up to the goal. But uh, yeah, I just I I didn't like this lineup and this idea yeah, that like I don't either. When you're united and you spend as much as you do, and you're supposed to be competing for the Premier League, why is your best player not in the spot that he's best suited for, and that's Rashford on the wing? Right. You're forcing him to be a nine when he's not a nine. Exactly. It's just, you know, you just aggravate me. It's just like a super unbalanced lineup that makes no sense. And then their subs were, I mean, obviously Lindelof came on at half for Le Butcher because he had a yellow card. Unlike Could have had a second yellow yeah. a couple times. Yeah. Um. Erickson, Palestri, McTominay, Sancho. Boy, if that doesn't inspire you. I just don't know, like, even if you bring those guys on. Who's like, going to score? What? Yeah, I don't I don't get this team. No one's going to score. Your best goal-scoring Anthony option is, is Anthony Martial. Yeah. I uh, I don't really get it. But anyways, they couldn't really pass. Um. Where are my notes? Here we I go. I mean, Wolves, Wolves had Wolves all the Wolves' attack was not that bad, is what I said. Yeah. I had that as a question mark early on, and then it just became a statement. I was like, it wasn't that bad. But part of it is, and people are like, Cunha's such a baller. It's like, he had free runs in the middle of the field. That is going to happen against, like, three teams. Like, I don't know. If Casemiro wasn't there, if you had two guys run at Casemiro and they play a one-two pass, and the guys pass Casemiro, Mount and Bruno aren't there to help Casemiro. Like yeah. you, you're just going to be going against the back four now. Yeah. So they definitely just got broken open way too easily. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's Wolves interceptions and I mean, Wolves transition game was obviously very nice, but was it Wolves interceptions or was it, uh, by, by, um, what's his name? Gomez, Joe Gomez. Was it him or was it just, man, you couldn't pass. Probably more man you. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I actually thought that Wolves midfield was fine in this game too. But, again, part of it's man you just did not look that good. They look lost. 
to be quite honest. One thing I noticed with Wolves' attack that no one really talked about, even as decent as it looked, they could not cross. The crossing was yeah quite poor. And this is down. this is very funny because I'm sitting here complaining about Wolves not being able to cross. And for years, I said, why is Troyore crossing? No one's going to head it in. <laughs> Anyways, who cares? Well, I mean, especially... And now they have no one who can cross or head, so... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's no one who could get on the end of those crosses if you know, yeah. unless it's a low cross. But but oh, they did should... look dangerous, you know, on those counterattacking chances. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, they hit the post. Uh, was it Nunes hit the post? Yeah, no, it was no. Saravia and Cunha had a couple chances. Yeah, that just went like just wide. Yeah. Cunha, Cunha hit the post. Cunha in the hit the post half. on that. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like if they could have somehow, I feel like they have to start Fabio Silva and drop Pedro Neto next game. I thought Silva, Silvia looked fine. Um, Silva, but well, what about my boy Kalajic? He came on and he was doing some stuff too. That's who he got crossed the ball to. Exactly. I was kind of surprised they didn't start uh, Huang Hee Chan. Just, just in just case as he got like hurt. Just like a focal point. Well, he, he could have got hurt. You never know. Well, that, I Nuri looked pretty decent. Wolf's whole defense looked perfectly fine, honestly. I mean, Dawson and Kilman were, were shutting them down whenever Man U got close to the box. Uh, but Man U do get a goal. Of course, Juan Bissaka and Varane. We all knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Eric Ten Hag, mastermind. That's right. Do you have any other thing you want to say about this game? I I like fried this game from my memory. Besides Wolves counterattacks and man, you can't pass. Well, obviously the big moment of controversy. Yeah, Onana. Onana just climbing on over. I just don't. This whole like goalkeepers being a protected class is like insanity. Yeah, that was. Insane. It's been doing that for a while. Like when Larice got to just like clock Michu. It's like, oh, it's an accident. He went for the ball and missed. It's like, no, he actually just like punched the guy in the face. That should be something. Yes. That was a great throwback. Yeah. Uh, it. I just. Shout out Michu. Yeah, shout out Michu forever. Um, I mean, he was nowhere near the ball. And he just brought the forward down yeah. in the box. I don't. Yeah, 100%. What else is there to say? Hundred percent should have been a penalty, but refs have no balls to call that penalty. So that's a is that VAR in favor of Man U? They're already atop the table on that three points plus three points because of VAR or plus two points. Well, because you don't know if he converts the penalty. I I I feel like technically VAR should be like hey that that's a penalty but in this situation they're never gonna no they're always gonna agree with the on-field ref in that what was crazy is they didn't i always feel like they should opt for the monitor when it's even 50 50 like not clear and obvious like i don't get that like if it's 50 50 like i don't know maybe you should just go take a look see that's the problem is that they've established that they only do it when they think it's a pen so then the ref is like well it must be a pen yeah. You know, if they actually did it more often, like you say, then it wouldn't be such a, like, the ref feels forced into calling it. Just yeah. be like, hey, take a second look. See what you think. You know, yeah. it's, it's borderline. And, you know, yeah. we're, we're not going to say whether it's a pen or not, but, you know, you only got to see it once. I couldn't believe time. watching it live when 
the ref was walking over the sideline. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're actually gonna have him review it. And he gives O'Neill a card. Yeah. I would that I felt betrayed. Gaz. I felt like betrayed isn't even like I don't even know. It felt like a long lost like relative died. That's like the feeling that I had. Yeah. Right then and there when O'Neill got a yellow and I thought they're gonna give Wolves a pen. The old switcheroo. It was brutal. Uh finishes Unlucky. one finishes one nil. Ten hog master class per usual. What can you do? I feel like this is just gonna be the wolves experience now. <laughs> and then gas is gonna get sacked and I'm gonna cry. I don't know. I feel I feel a lot better about wolves than I did. I, I agree. And I feel a lot worse about United. <laughs> I and agreed. I was coming in very skeptical about United. My <clears throat> my fraudulent meter is uh is yeah. at a nine out of ten. I agree. To quote Vern from over the hedge. He says his tail gets tingly when uh, he he's suspicious. That's Yo, how I'm feeling. My tail's go. my tail's tingly right now. Let's Sam. go. All right, let's get to some predictions. All right. Big match tomorrow. <laughs> Nottingham Forest versus Sheffield United. This is a six pointer. Six pointer. <laughs> so this is the second game of the season. Um, yeah, it's at the city <clears throat> ground. I'd expect Forest to be playing a whole lot better as they tend to play better at home. Sheffield will be kind of not fully sat back, but they'll be pretty sat back. So it's going to be Forrest having to break down Sheffield. That's not where Forrest necessarily want to be. I could see it being kind of similar to the Chris Palace game where there's just a lot of like... Ball going back and forth. Ball in transition. Okay. No one controlling If it. that's the case, then I feel much better about Forrest winning, even if it's just like 1-0 or 2-1 yeah. or something. Yeah. Um. I'm really tempted to go nil nil, but I'm gonna go Nottingham Forest one nil. I'm gonna say two nil Forest. All right. Saturday, Fulham Brentford London Derby. Massive, yeah. probably the biggest London Derby that there is. Yeah, Fulham didn't play the best, but they got the win. Brentford played decent, got the draw. I think I'll say another draw here, one one. Yeah, well, last year when they played it, look, it was what Fulham was up two nil, and Brentford came back for two two, and then Mitrovic had a winner out of nothing. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go with a one one draw there. That sounds about right. Liverpool Bournemouth. This was Scott Parker, the Scott Parker game last year. <laughs> the nine nil. It's not gonna be bad, that bad this year. No. I think Bournemouth have a chance to squeak one out out of nowhere. They could get frisky if Liverpool goes with the. Suicide midfield again. Yeah. Um, I think what I'll be looking for is, first off, I would expect a little more balance out of Liverpool. Liverpool, we should talk about it. They signed a six. He's a 30-year-old Japanese man from Stuttgart. I don't hate it. I like his depth. I like his depth. You have to bring in a, another six or something. Here's why I like it. When Caicedo is going for 115 million pounds. You just buy anyone and it's bound to be near replacement level. Yeah, it's okay to buy guys who aren't, like, 22 Flashy. years old. Yeah. Like, you can just buy guys who are, like, established players. Yes. Everyone at the, at Stuttgart loved this guy. He was the captain. You know, he might not be the best, but I think he'll add quality to the team. I and still... he's not going to be there for 10 years, but you could get four years out of him. Minamino style? I have different scenario <laughs> Okay, okay, good. If you say so. Otherwise, I feel like 
I don't know. I could see them just panic buying Decora. There's talks of it still, and they just say they would get rinsed seventy or eighty mil for them. Yeah, which is insane. I could see it. That's that's my new thing for this for the Premier League is like just buy guys who aren't flashy and are like established players for a lot less, even if they're older. Well, it didn't have to be established. I like the I we were talking about on the preview pod what Chelsea were doing. What Arsenal have done in the past, what Real Madrid have really kind of, they haven't even really rebuilt themselves. They just stayed elevated because they did this. Yeah. Just buying a bunch of young dudes from the same country. Yeah. Real Madrid did it with Brazilians. Chelsea's trying to do it with French guys. Just buy a bunch of young dudes from the same country for 20, 30 mil. Yeah. I think that's just how you have to do it in this yeah. market because it's just like. It's too crazy. How Either are you, you have to get the good any guy? value out of. Caicedo at 115 million pounds. You just have to, he has to be perfect fit for Enzo. That's the only way you could yeah. pay over 100 mil for a guy. And apparently they feel he's the perfect fit, but and for it's years, insanity. For years. Yeah. Um, Back to this game. I like Bournemouth's midfield. It'll be interesting to see. I think they could win the midfield battle, but Liverpool's attack will be pretty, pretty solid. I'm going to go 3 1 Liverpool. Yeah, I'm going to say 3 0 Liverpool. Wolves Brighton. Last time they played, Brighton won six nil or what? What the hell was it? That towards the end of last year, yeah, it was something like remember. that. It was a, uh, it was something massive. Hard to bet against Bournemouth at this point, but Bournemouth, uh, Brighton, Brighton, these yeah. freaking bees, man! How the come bees. there's so many bee teams? The bees, um, the bee emoji. Yeah, I'll probably be watching a little. Uh, be watching Brighton's midfield a little more, especially the newer guys. See how that works. Six nil, six nil. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think uh, Brighton will be the better side, even though it's at the Molyneux. I'm gonna go with a uh, Brighton two nil victory. I'm gonna say uh, Brighton three one. Tottenham Man U. This has been torture in the last few years. This could be kind of funny. Let's yeah. go around White Hart Lane. For whatever reason, it feels like United always win at White Hart Lane. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Thank you very much. Oh, that's right. They have no soul still. <laughs> the, that's the right. It doesn't matter. Stadium. It doesn't matter that you have nice kits and you sold your wanker players. You're still Tottenham you still because have no you soul. have no soul. You're just a corporate entity at this point. Yes. It would be funny if Spurs won this game. It would be pretty funny. Come on, Tottenham. Here's my prediction. Lay Butcher gets a red card. <laughs> that guy. I like it. Every game walking... I watch... I hate there's him something more. about there's something about yeah you told me that he's not overrated definitely not um yeah him and Royale they should or uh, Royale Romero. Romero should have like a 1v1 in the middle of the field um even though they're both Argentinian there's something about this being over aggressive and people just mistake that for being good cuz Rudiger did that and it's like no that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. That's not how this works. No. That guy was just a madman, and he wasn't even very good when he started, no. and then eventually he got good. Um, I feel like people memed him into being good. Oh, no, he did not get memed into being good. He was fantastic. Nah. I think it's a mistake that Chelsea won the Champions League and then Real Madrid immediately won the Champions League and picked him up. I think that was on accident. Uh, I would, I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say a 2-2 draw. But I don't feel great about it. I feel like it's going to be a very open game. Um, the midfields for both sides, it's going to be mm-hmm. kind of, hmm. 
very skeptical. Uh, if Tottenham do win, I think a key would be Basuma because he played pretty well last game. But if he's able to kind of slow down United from progressing, that could be huge. I'm going to say 1-0 United. Who's scoring? Rashford. Rashford. City versus Newcastle. This could be huge. Yeah. Huge. Could be huge. Could be massive. Yeah. I don't like that it's at the Eddie Head. No De Bruyne, obviously. No De Bruyne. Um, yeah, I think last year City won 2-0 at the Eddie Head. Uh, there was 3-3 at St. James's Park. Mm-hmm. I would say what I would be looking for is if City can control the ball and kind of have more edge than they showed against Burnley. Mm-hmm. because even though this one will be at home, it's a bit different against Newcastle than it is against Burnley. Um, Newcastle a little more higher quality, but for whatever reason, Newcastle don't, they, they struggle with Holland, to say the least. It's not saying much because everyone struggles with him, but they really cannot isolate him. Even when he doesn't score, he's constantly creating chances in the two games they played last year. Uh as far as the attack goes for Newcastle, I feel like it's going to be pretty limited um, compared to most times. I don't know. They're just going to be swinging balls in. I don't know if uh, that's the best thing to do against City. Might have a little more success trying to break them down with passing, but and, or even as the, on the counterattack. Yeah, I don't know. City just have some sort of magical aura that they can just play teams into a trance. I think they'll win 2 0. I'm gonna say one one. One one. Yep. Alright, Sunday games. Aston Villa versus Everton. Aston Villa looking to rebound after that tough defeat. Everton This is a good good one for him, but Everton same. pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty solid, worthy opponent. I couldn't believe Ashley Young was out there right away to start. They're like, yeah, get out there. <laughs> Might as well. Um, Everton a little better attack. Maybe we see a Jack Harrison sighting in this one. As for Villa, gonna have to be rotated. They're no longer with their captain Tyrone Mings. Uh, I think that uh the attack it'll be an interesting battle between Watkins trying to use his pace to get in space, uh, versus a guy like Tarkovsky and stuff. Will definitely be something to watch. See how that works out. Um. I'm going to go with Villa 2-0. Yeah, I think Villa will cook. I like Diaby against the fullbacks. I'm going to say 3-1. West Ham, Chelsea. West Ham, Chelsea. Is this the game where West Ham shot the world? and I could see it. Just boss Chelsea. They, they show up out of nowhere. They got James Ward-Prowse now. No silly fouls, Chelsea. I feel like Chelsea throughout this season could potentially just have games where they don't show up. Absolutely. And this their could guys, be one of them. The guys just don't play together yet. Or they haven't played together yet. They're also selling Lou Hall. They're losing the spirit of the team. Yeah, that's got to make you sad, young Lou Hall. I was thinking about it. A lot of Chelsea fans are so upset about it. And it's like, I think they idolize them so much because... The team was so bad last year that him just doing like basic competent things made him look good. But 
28 mil for a guy who played half a season on a bad team and is a wingback? Yeah, right. That's for pure profit. That's pretty decent. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, I don't feel great about it, but Chelsea, what Chelsea drew last time with West Ham and Chelsea wasn't playing very well. I'll go uh, 2-1 Chelsea, but I don't feel great about it. I'll go 1-1. One, one. All right, and for the last game, we have Palace and Arsenal. This is a little spooky. It's not that spooky. You say that it is because you normally don't do well there, but then last opening game, you crapped all over them. I, I just want to know who's in net. It's still a tough game. I want to know who's uh, who's in net. Yeah, I feel like it'll be Ramsdale until he makes a mistake. But that's pretty shitty because, I mean, what, you're just going to ban him after one mistake? Well, I agree, too. <laughs> I'm not the one who was saying sign Raya. I like Ramsdale. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see about this. I think... Uh, Arsenal didn't play as well as they could and should have last game, but we kind of know what Palace are. I feel like Arsenal can limit Palace's attack. I feel more worried about Arsenal getting through on goal and scoring, but I'm going to go with a 1-0 Arsenal victory. I was thinking 1-0 as well. How about that? It's going to be a tough game. Do you know next week the Friday game is uh, Chelsea versus Luton? Chelsea versus Luton. I'm just dying for a Luton home game. They get two weeks to prepare for Chelsea. That's very unfair. This league's rigged against Chelsea, who get to spend as much as they want, <laughs> but also sell Mountain Havertz for a combined 125 mil. Cash. Cash. Cash, indeed. That's right. one thing I want to say. Would, Sam, let's let's go over like three things real quick here that just caught your eye in the first weekend. Okay. What are things that caught your eye, whether it's things you're right about, wrong about, maybe a team you would move down or team you'd move up in terms of their uh, projection, what you thought about them? Uh, I think a couple teams that did better than I thought, Burnley and Wolves. Yeah, Wolves are like number one on that list. Um, and then you have a couple teams, Spurs and Chelsea are kind of like new look from what we're And it looks used to. at least half decent. Yeah. It's not looking bad more so than good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, Sheffield United and Luton look pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking eh, Fulham, Sheffield Fulham. Sheffield United might finish last. Fulham in that first half was like, oh. Yeah. It, not they're great. coming. But second half, they did look a whole lot better. Yeah. Everton looked better. I don't know. I think the bottom will actually be like pretty decently competitive. Yeah. Everton wasn't as bad as I thought. 100%. So, okay. Until next week. Signing off. Adios, mis amigos. Good day, good night, and goodbye. Good, good meal. <laughs> good meal.